Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. 220. Right now you're scratching your heads like, what is 220? 220. You have had 220 days to initiate the change in your life that you promised yourself and others that you would do on January 1st. I wanted to see how well you are doing. How many of you have fulfilled the changes you promised yourself you would make? How many of you have faltered a little bit? Yeah, I'm there with the ones who have faltered just a, uh, just a little bit. 220 days that we have said we're going to make changes in our lives. You know, we talk about change in our lives, and that's the new series we're beginning today for the remainder of this month of August. I got that down now. It is the month of August. That is about change. As we talk about change, let's go and talk about a definition of change. We've got a working definition. Change, to make something different, to undergo a transformation, a transition, or a substitution. Change. How many of you like change? Some of you are like, most of you are like, no, nah, not at all. Well, you know, maybe it depends on the kind of change you're talking about. Like if the change was, you know, I'm going to, in 2021, you know, eat better and exercise more, and I've shed some pounds, and I look good, and I feel good, that's a positive change, right? We're excited about that. If, on the other hand, we're saying, no, I didn't really follow through, and instead of losing a few pounds, I've added a few more pounds, we're like, ah, oh, that's a change we didn't look forward to. You know, or if we got a new job or promotion, our paycheck is bigger, that's a positive change. We like that. We're excited about that. You know, if you got married, you know, you're excited. It's a positive change. You become a parent, a grandparent. That's an exciting change in life. Or maybe you're getting ready to retire. It's an exciting change to look forward to. But there's also changes that are not as exciting. Like when you go to your favorite restaurant and they've changed the menu. And you can't find what you always eat there. Or when, you know, change happens like things you don't like. Like you, maybe you get a pay cut or, you know, work says, sorry, we have to let you go. Or your body, you know, is changing because you're getting older. We all get older. We talked about that a little earlier, some of us did. And talk about the changes and transitions that we have to learn to adapt to. But change is a part of life. Yes, and some change we get excited about. We say, yes, yippee, woo. And other changes we're like, really? But it is very much a part of life. And in this series, we're going to explore change. And not just change that we've experienced, you know, in everyday life, but especially the change that God works in our lives through his Holy Spirit. The change that God works in our lives through his grace and his love. And this is the truth we're going to land on in this series. That God's love is constantly changing us. God's love does not leave us as we are. God's love for us in Jesus Christ is constantly changing us. And that's a good thing. As you talk about, you know, this just change, you know, we have here, we heard from the gospel reading, gospel Luke chapter 15, there's two of these parables, that there was this group of people that would gather around Jesus and that would hear him often when he was teaching. So let's read together Luke 15 verse 1. All the tax collectors and sinners, let's go back real quick, all the tax collectors and sinners came to listen to Jesus. 
So we have the tax collectors and the sinners. Poor tax collectors, they are lumped in with the sinners. The tax collectors, I know, even today, we're not very excited about tax collectors. They take our money. And back then, in first century Palestine, you may know this already, the tax collectors not only took your money, but they worked for an occupying government, the Roman Empire. And not only that, they, because they had the Roman government behind them, they would often take more than what they needed to take. And what did they do with the extra they took from you? They pocketed it. They had a lot of change, different kind of change, you know, in their life. They got wealthy off of you by pressuring you to give more. So they were not liked at all. And they were lumped into this group of people called the sinners. The sinners was a good generic term. It meant all of those who were on the outskirts of this religious society. Those who were, well, not really kind of worthy maybe of being part of society because of how they lived their lives. Because maybe they didn't follow all of the practices and the traditions that were set forth in this community. And so these people, though, they came to listen to Jesus. And not only that, Jesus not only, you know, talked to them, but he seemed to welcome them. He, he, he would eat with them, and he would associate with them. He would do things with them. And, and in a way that, well, there was another group of people there, the disciples. And, you know, they're not really mentioned that they were there, but they were there. And the disciples were those who were following Jesus. There was this closer group of guys following Jesus. There was a gr- bigger group of disciples. There was also the 12. And these were the 12 that lived day in and day out with Jesus for three years. And he was changing them as he was teaching them and showing them by his words and his actions and changing their perspective of themselves and of others and of God. Change sometimes is challenging. We see that here in this next verse, Luke 15, verse 2. Let's read this together. But the Pharisees and the experts in Moses' teachings grumbled. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So the Pharisees and the experts in Moses' teachings, the scribes, you know, Jesus was challenging them to change, to change their perspective of themselves, to change their perspectives of the others and their perspective and their understanding of God and how God related to all of us. And they were grumbling. You know, I don't know about you, how many times when the change happens in your life do you grumble? Some of you are like, like no, not me. I never grumble. You know, and, and the, the great thing is the, the Greek word that is used here is called gogizo, and it, it means to grumble, murmur, mumble, complain. And, you know, this, this type of word, I got myself a cheat sheet here just to make sure I could say this right. This type of word is called an onomatopoetic word. I'll try to say that real fast. <laughs> yeah, Tim said blah, 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 blah. It, it, what it means is that when you say the word, it sounds like what it is. So let's say this really quick. You know, say, go gizmo, go gizzo. Now say it kind of slow and murmuring. Go gizzo, go gizzo, go gizzo, go gizzo. So, you know, we have words like that in English, like the word sizzle. You know, or like a bee, what does a bee do? Bzzz, you know, or a clock goes what? Tick tock, tick tock. So you're like, what? Clock goes tick tock? It's all digital. You know, tick tock, tick tock. Or even the word grumble. I know. Now here, we did, we did this last week. If you were here, kind of fold your arms and under your breath, let's say it about five times. Grumble, 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 grumble. It sounds like you're grumbling, right? The word does. Well, they were, they were grumbling. They were complaining because Jesus was associating with, he was welcoming these people that they thought were really not 
part of the religious community. They were outside of the religious community, the tax collectors and the sinners. They were grumbling because Jesus was challenging them to change their perspective of these people and of themselves. And it's not like they saw themselves as, as perfect without any sin at all. It's just that they saw themselves as those who were following the rules and their traditions and the practices that you know, would help them live this, this life and this relationship with God. And, and, and they, would, they would follow these rules to such a T, to such perfection, at least they tried to, that sometimes it got in the way of really living in relationship to God, the way that God wanted to be in relationship with us. And living and caring for those in the community, even those that were on the outskirts of the religious community, those who were outsiders, those who were the lost, as we might call them if we're religious and we think others are not religious, they're lost. The sinners and the tax collectors. And they're grumbling about this because Jesus, well, he is upsetting their understanding, their reality of who they are, of who God is in relationship to them. And who God is in relationship to these other people. And their relationship to these other people. So as we do that, Jesus goes on to tell them this parable. We had this definition last week, but let's go over this definition again. A parable. A parable is an illustration often taken from everyday life to communicate a deeper spiritual truth. So Jesus tells this parable. He actually tells three parables about lost things. There's the parable of the lost sheep. We heard that in the reading this morning. The parable of the lost coin. And then the longer portion of this parable is the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And all three of these parables, what Jesus is trying to communicate, trying to help them understand, trying to change for them, is their perspective of who God is and their perspective of who they are and everyone else. He's trying to help them understand that this God, this God that created them, is a God who loves them with such passion, with such a commitment that he would go to the ends of the earth to love them and to save them. That each and every one of them is of precious and of such great value that he would give everything. That he would, you know, leave the 99 sheep and go after the one. That he would turn upside his house upside down to find that one lost coin. That the father and this prodigal son, the lost son, would embarrass himself and do the unthinkable culturally and embrace and welcome his son in love. God's love. God's love is constantly changing us. You think about change. And you, you think about, you know, the changes that, that we have been through. There's been a lot of changes that we have been through over this past, you know, 18 months now uh, of a pandemic. Uh, many of us have had to make some adjustments. Some have maybe been good. I mean, maybe some of us actually said, hey, I'm going to actually start exercising now, you know, and, and it's been a good thing for us. Some of us have said, I've been dealing with the stress and I've had maybe a few more drinks than I, I should be having a lot more, or I've been stressing and eating. Or, or we, we've had changes, you know, we made changes in the way that we interact with people, and we've missed interacting with people. I mean, I'm so glad. I know many of us are still worshiping, connecting, live stream, but we're also now able to kind of gather together, and being together has been a good change. Changes that we experience. But God's love is changing us. And that's a good thing. 
God's love is changing us because God is not going to leave us as we are. It changes us. It changes our understanding of who God is. God is a God who loves you. Say that with me right now. Say, God loves, don't say you, say me. God loves me. Me, not you. I mean, well, yes, you. God loves me. God loves you. And God's love is changing you. And I know that if you're like me, which I know you are because the Bible says you are, and that is, there are things I want to change in my life, and yet I don't always change, or I don't change the way I should change, and I had that sin and that struggle, and it gets in the way of my relationship with God, yet I know we're going to do this in just a little while here. We're to come, and we're going to confess our sins, and part of that is our confessing our sins is our repenting, our promise that, God, I want to change my life. As I live in your love, I want to change my behavior, my attitude. Part of what we sometimes have struggled through this pandemic and through some of the political tensions, if you felt any of that with family or friends, is that it changed our perspective of others. That I see others, whoever they are, whatever they may think, that I see them and know them as one who is loved by who? By you, God. That you love them as you love me. That you love them and you love me so much that you are willing to go to the farthest reaches to do what would seem unthinkable. That the God of the universe would step into this world in the flesh in Jesus. That he would shed his blood for you and for me. The blood of Jesus changes us. It changes us from being a sinner to one who is redeemed, a child of God. It changes us from one who is a sinner to one who is forgiven, who is loved and has all the promises that God offers to us in Jesus of a love that changes us. And as we think about change and even think about you know, the Pharisees and, and the tax collectors and sinners and in the disciples, you know, in many ways we can see ourselves as part of that crowd. And in, so there are times I can see myself like the sinner. I, I need to hear, you know what? God loves you. Sometimes I am like the disciples and I've been following Jesus for a long time and I need to be reminded that God loves not only me, but God loves Others, and God wants that love to be shared. And, and, and for the Pharisees and the scribes, those experts in Moses' teaching, sometimes I'm like them. Sometimes we're like them, and we say, you know, what's getting in the way? What needs to change in my life? What needs to maybe change in my practices or traditions that maybe are getting in the way with really me living in Jesus' love and sharing his love with others? Change. Change is a good thing. And God's love is constantly changing us. You know, we're going to learn a new hymn this month, a new song this month. We're going to close out with a song today. And part of the words of the song here, let me put the next slide up. These words here, says, Shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. And really what this word is, is saying to us is it's a challenge for us in faith to say, God, if there's anything that in me that needs to change, anything in either my, my sin or my practices, my traditions, those things that may be getting in my way of living in your love, of being changed by your love, of seeing others in your love, Lord, help me in faith as your spirit works in me to remove those so that I live in and I share the love you have for me and for the world and Jesus. God's love. God's love is constantly changing us. It changes us today. Even in a few moments, we'll hear those words. Your sins are forgiven. 
changed by God's love, living in his love. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. For that love that we have, Lord, is a love that changes us. It changes us in so many ways. And Lord, even as we struggle with our own understanding of who you are and who we are and who others are, we pray that your love continues to shape that understanding, shape our perspective of this world that we live in and the God who loves us so much that you gave your son. Jesus, we thank you for your amazing grace and love for us, for shedding your blood for us. We pray your spirit continues changing us in your love. We pray this all in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.